0: Well, it is summer. Yeah, man. It's hot. <laughs> so turn the radio up. Let's do this thing.
1: It's going to happen. inch standby playback. 5 4 The feed is coming down. Shagraph. 2 one.
0: This is Planet Money, live from
2: Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Miami, Sydney, Toronto,
0: Tokyo, Beijing, Calgary, London, Barbados, Mexico. This is going to go on forever. It's Montreal. This is Robert Smith. Hey, this is Zoe Chase. Hey, this is
1: Taylor Swift. This is
0: Madonna. This is Robert Pattinson. From the
2: entertainment capital of the world. Hollywood, California. This is Lady Gaga. This is... You're listening to American Top 40. Hosted by... My boy. Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. And us. Mostly us. Mostly us. We have something special for you on the show today. It is an economics summer mixtape. It is a mashup of Planet Money... In America's Top 40. So on the show, we'll take a tour through the changing landscape of the commercial music industry as seen in the Billboard Hot 100.
0: And we'll show you how the top of the charts looks very different than it has in the past and tell you the story of a music industry that is totally fractured, where old rules no longer apply.
2: All this and lots of tunes you can crank up on your way to the beach. Everybody get up.
0: I was listening to commercial radio this weekend, and there's a show that's been on the air forever on pop music stations called American Top 40. used to be hosted by Casey Kasem, now Ryan Seacrest, And we're going to play just a little bit of this because it's a perfect example of how today's Top 40 radio is different from the days of yore. Let's
1: talk about numbers. Three, two, and one. Last time we met, looked like this. At number three, Icona Pop, Charlie, and XCX with I Love
0: It. Number two, mirrors Justin Timberlake. And on top, number one, can't hold us. Macklemore, Ryan Lewis, and Ray Dalton.
2: The battle is on. And those are three pretty great songs. They also are three very different ways to the top of the charts. One moved up the traditional way. The other two, you might not have seen them at all in the old days of pop music. And... Your position on these charts is determined by all sorts of things these days. American Top 40, they do it by listener requests. Billboard has this, you know, equation they use. Sales, radio play, streaming sites, even YouTube views are thrown into this calculation. They add them all up and see who's number one.
0: Now, our guide today to this world is Chris Malamphy. He's a journalist who covers the Billboard charts for NPR Music and other outlets. And he's been looking into all of the strange things happening in pop music this summer. And he knows his stuff. Are you one of those guys that if I say June 2008, you can tell me what was at the top of the charts?
1: June 2008 would be Katy Perry, I Kissed a Girl. Whoa. Either that or Coldplay, Viva La Vida. I think it was Viva La Vida first, then I Kissed a Girl. And he nailed it. <laughs> I looked it up. That is exactly right. And and actually,
0: those two artists you mentioned are a great place to start, Katy Perry and Coldplay. They took what we now know as the classic road to the top of the charts. They are mainstream artists from a major label. The singles were popular on the radio and on iTunes. The songs went big. The albums did fairly well. Everybody made money off of them. It
2: worked in 2008. It still works today. Remember, one of our chart-topping songs right now. Number 2 <laughs>
1: Justin Timberlake is the traditional model of a hit breaking insofar as that's when the setup and all the promotional effort works like a Swiss watch. It's timed carefully. Uh, The single is released to radio at a pivotal moment uh, in advance of the album. It scores early airplay. It starts rising on the charts even before the album drops. Then the album drops, and by the time it hits, there was awareness everywhere. That's the traditional model that's when everything's working just right.
2: Justin Timberlake holds a special place in the heart of everyone connected with the music industry and probably everyone in general. Everyone who
0: has a heart. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
2: Um, Because he symbolizes the high watermark for the old business of selling records. In the year 2000, Justin and his band Sync did something no one else has ever done before or since. They sold 2.4 million CDs in one week, seven days.
1: If you bring up No Strings Attached, that NSYNC album, it, with a record executive, they will sigh wistfully about, oh, remember when we used to roll one million, two million records? It's not unheard of for an album to roll one million in a week, but it's a whole lot harder now and it's a whole lot rarer.
0: And then and then they start to cry.
1: Yeah. A tear rolls down their cheek.
2: Yeah, because right after that, the internet hits the music industry like a freight train after the year 2000. People start stealing and buying music online. Sales in the music industry drop by half in 10 years.
0: Yeah, and when this turmoil hits the record industry, what it loses is that sense of predictability they used to have. That If you do everything right, you can get a hit, and that hit can translate into massive sales of an album. Nothing is that simple anymore. Today you can design a song in a laboratory for maximum appeal, you can have the huge marketing budget, you can get it in all these different outlets and sometimes the song just gets lost in this new crazy world. Take this song.
2: This is
1: beautiful. Mariah and Miguel number 15. Hop
2: on the back of my
0: This song did all of the things that Justin Timberlake did, all the things that NSYNC did. Made by top producers, ton of marketing. It has an established pop superstar, Mariah Carey, someone for whom I have a special place in my heart. Of course. And they even thought about updating Mariah for the new social media world because the name of this song is actually. Hashtag beautiful. It's the number (laughs) sign followed by beautiful. They designed this song, this name, specifically for Twitter.
2: The thing that I don't get is if you're talking about the song on Twitter, do you like hashtag the hashtag? Do you spell it out? H-A-S-H-T-A-G? This this may have been a problem. Um, This is not the song of the summer. This song, hashtag beautiful. It's languishing down low in the charts. One reason
0: there is no room for poor Mariah at the top of the charts is that there are now a lot of other ways to get to the top. There are people who have chosen a very different path from Justin Timberlake,
2: Ryan Seacrest. Remind us, please. At number three, Icona Pop, Charlie, and X C X with "I Love It."
0: This is the perfect summer song. It seems designed for people to play it at, you know, rooftop parties and backyards in the warm night air. And maybe they did design it for perfect summer listening. But if that's the case, they designed it for last summer, the summer of 2012, because that is when this song came out. It took an entire year for it to climb into the top 10 of the Billboard charts.
2: It's called a slow-breaking hit, which is almost a contradiction in terms. But we're seeing more and more of these things, and that's because there's more than one way to get to the top right now. So groups that start out trying to climb the charts one way, they get blocked, and so they go around and they try another route.
0: So it came out in 2012 by a Swedish DJ duo, Iconopop. It did okay. Critics love it. I imagine it was played in very hip clubs that I don't go to. But <laughs> it was not all over the radio. But then they found a different path for this song, TV. It was featured on a few ads. It was the theme song for a short-lived Jersey Shore spinoff on cable, Snooki and Wow. But even that didn't make this a hit. What set it over the edge was a moment on a certain HBO show about 20 something women.
2: From Oberlin. Lena
1: Dunham featured I Love It in a very memorable scene in the second season of Girls. Uh, It was a uh, very, uh, let's say, exuberant uh, club dancing scene. She devoted nearly an entire minute to the song. Uh, with Slow motion dancing. Slow motion dancing by the Hannah character and uh, her uh, former gay boyfriend. But that's another story. Um, and that loving showcase of the song was what finally broke it. Uh, that was the moment when the song kind of went viral and spurred uh, people to buy it and radio to play it. And roughly four months later, they had a top ten hit
2: the TV path to make a hit song is not new. Of course, it's been around for a while. In fact, if you ask Chris who pioneered this path that Iconopop took, he will mention this song.
0: This is an awesome 70s groove, isn't it? Where are the lyrics to this song? (laughs) There are no lyrics. This is the famous instrumental Rise by Herb Alpert. And this song went to number one in America, it won't surprise you from the sound of it, in 1979. It's the way it got there that's interesting. It aired on the soap opera General Hospital. And, Zoe, I looked this up, and I was reminded about how weird the 1970s were because... When I heard it was on General Hospital, I assumed it was, oh, I don't know, uh, a character's theme song or under a romantic scene. (laughs) But I looked it up on YouTube. They have the actual scene on there. And the title of it is Luke Rapes Laura at the Campus Disco. (laughs) What? This song played behind a pretty traumatic scene in General Hospital where one of the main characters gets raped by another main character. And it happens in a disco. And this is the song that's playing. Now, it's kind of a fluke. This wasn't designed to send this song up the charts, but the music industry learned a very important lesson here because this song was repeated over and over again on the soap opera whenever this main character thought back to this traumatic moment. Oh, my God. And it showed that you could take... You know, a pretty boring song like this and give it this real emotional weight. You could use trauma and emotion on television to sell a song.
2: Now it's not surprising, of course, in the age of Glee and whatever to have, you know, big popular songs on TV shows. It's become kind of a science like the TV showcase for a hit song is even more powerful with like shareable video clips on YouTube. And it's now just a big part of the business.
1: The industry employs what are called sync experts. These are people whose job it is to help place songs in movies and television shows Um, because it's big business. It's one of the surest ways to turn a song, whether it's by an established artist or a little-known artist, into a hit.
2: One thing that does still work, though, after all these years, the hospital soap opera.
1: Grey's Anatomy has made careers in the last 10 years. Such Uh, as? The Fray scored a top five hit called How to Save a Life, thanks to Grey's Anatomy. Uh, The band Snow Patrol uh, scored their only American uh, top 10 hit with uh, Chasing Cars, uh, thanks uh, entirely to Grey's Anatomy.
2: If I lay here If I just lay
0: So if you're not Justin Timberlake, TV is a great alternative route to number one. And it's one that more and more bands are choosing. But there is another way to get up there. If you can't get on a TV show, can't get on Grey's Anatomy or General Hospital. Is that is that still on? I don't know. I have no idea there. Uh, what you can do is you can make your own super popular video that people pass around. Right? So here's another song from the top of the charts. Mr. Seacrest, he's such a pro. I love to have him do this. So put our hands And up, on top number 1 can't, can't hold us Macklemore Ryan Lewis and Ray Dalton Like us. the ceiling
2: can hold us Can we go back This is the moment tonight is the night we'll So we put our hands up like the ceiling can hold us Like the ceiling can hold
0: us nah. This song can't hold us Macklemore yes. and Ryan Lewis this got to the top of the Billboard Hot 100 in May and Its journey, its journey took even longer than Iconopop because this song, the single Can't Hold Us, came out in 2011. Two years ago is when this song came out and it's just peaking right now.
2: This song also worked outside the traditional system. It started because this video for this other Macklemore song, Thrift Shop, got really popular a couple months ago. And it got so popular, it became the number one song in the country just because people liked the wacky video so much. So Macklemore and Ryan Lewis rifled through their whole back catalog, figuring, hey, look, we're so popular now. Everybody loves us. I'm going to use the same techniques with more songs from this record from two years ago. So push the videos back out to social media. The song goes to radio. Boom. And they are back up on top. All because of this random viral video.
0: Yeah, but the thing about this kind of route is that it takes a long time. And this is something we've seen a lot of lately. If you're playing by the traditional rules, it takes about three or four months for a well-marketed and promoted song to make it up the charts. I mean, that's a rough estimate. Some people do it very quickly on iTunes in a few weeks. Some people take a little longer. But that Justin Timberlake song that we've used as our example of sort of the old system, that took exactly four months to get to the top of the charts.
2: And in the old days, if you missed that four-month window lots of times, you were done.
0: Yeah, Like that Mariah Carey song we talked about, Hashtag Beautiful, it's probably peaked, it's probably going away. It missed its window, it's missed its chance. So Macklemore and Icona Pop and, you know, a bunch of other songs in the charts right now, I mean, they're doing this other thing, this recycling, this slow route to the top. And the major labels, they want a piece of this action too. They're picking up on this recycling trend and looking to sort of mine
1: old songs from a while ago. There have been many hits over the years that have started their lives at another genre. Um, Right now, in the top 10, there's a a huge hit by a uh, duo called Florida Georgia Line. They're a country duo, and uh, they had a number one hit uh, right around last Christmas called uh, Cruise. Big hit on country radio. (laughs) At some point, the record label decided that this song had top 40 potential, and so they uh, ordered up a remix of the song uh, with the uh, hip-hop artist, Nelly. ¶¶¶¶ that was released strategically in the spring ahead of uh, barbecue and grilling season and summer music season and uh, it worked like a charm because Cruise got a second life. It uh, uh, shot up the charts and uh, made its way into the top 10 on the Hot 100 and is now getting played not only on country stations but on top 40 radio stations as well.
2: Is this kind of trend of like Having a song bubbling around for even two years and then figuring out a way to drive it up the charts through TV or whatever, a way of kind of just wringing the last juice that you can get out of this song. Like just to, to try to make the dollars last as far as they can because there's fewer <clears throat> dollars to get at for the music industry.
1: Right, and uh, the record labels have definitely trimmed their rosters in the last decade as the the business has shrunk. So you can imagine that once they've designated something as a priority, uh, in for a penny, in for a pound, you're going to, you know, continue promoting something and trying to Uh, Get as much juice out of it as you can. So if you've had an alternative radio hit and you think there's any chance whatsoever that it could be a top 40 hit, uh, you're definitely going to go that route. Um, That's always been true to some extent, but we're seeing songs now on the Hot 100 that are lasting uh, months or even years um, because the industry is um, holding on to them as long as it can.
0: I love this this notion that there there's nothing wasted anymore right you know it's like it, it's like a factory where the where the consultants come in and say, Well, you know you can reuse this stuff, you can move this faster, you can change your production lines at this point. They are just trying to be as efficient as possible.
1: Well, in all seriousness, if the record industry is going to uh, survive in some form over the next few decades, especially after the rude awakening they received in the early 2000s, efficiency is going to be the name of the game. And uh, ringing uh, the most they can out of every hit is going to be vital.
2: Can you just pick uh, the song that we're going to go out on, please? What, What would be your pick for Song of the Summer? We'll go out on that song.
1: My pick for Song of the Summer. I hate to be boring, but I still like Daft Punk.
2: That's not boring, that's an awesome song.
1: Yeah. Um, what would you, do you want me to lead into it? or? Uh...
2: Like, introduce the song. Like, you're a radio DJ almost, but just say yeah, why. Yeah, 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 now's your big chance. Yeah. Uh,
1: currently a number two on the Hot 100, and my pick for song of the summer, here's Daft Punk with Get Lucky featuring Pharrell Williams and the immortal Nile Rodgers on guitar.
2: Like the legend of the phoenix
0: You know, I'd say we'd make a Spotify playlist for today's show, except you could just turn on the radio. (laughs) You can turn on literally any station in America right now and hear all these songs.
2: But a lot of people don't turn on the radio anymore, they just listen to podcasts and the Spotify playlists we make them. So we'll give you guys a playlist and we're going to include. Rise on it because that song will never be on the radio again.
0: Yeah, and it will never get old because it's awesome. We, as always, love to hear what you think of the program. Email us planetmoney
2: at npr.org. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Of course, check Spotify this week. I'm Zoe Chase.
0: And I'm Robert Smith. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars.